Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Car Ride Conversations. By now, you should know this is the segment where I bring the podcast to my guests. And we're doing this during an election time in Quebec. There's elections that will go all the way up until the 3rd of October and I've had the privilege and the chance of having different candidates from different parties. We got to meet them, exchange with them, and hopefully uh, to inform you and to bring you more value on what's happening today. Uh, today I'm headed to the riding of Westmount St. Louis. We'll be talking with the incumbent MA and liberal candidate Jennifer Macaron. Enjoy the podcast. Jennifer Macaron, thank you so much uh, for accepting to do this. I know how uh, I know how busy elections are, and uh, I appreciate it. This is fun. I'm looking forward to this. Thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Um, tell me, this this for you was it was it was your first mandate, mm-hmm. your rookie year, rookie parliamentarian. Mm-hmm. How was it? I know that like I, w- I want to ask for your expectations, but I know that this first mandate for many wasn't exactly what they had hoped for. We had the we had to manage uh, this this whole crisis. Yeah. But um, actually, first tell me how this began. Like, how, how did you get into this? In 2018, you were the candidate. How does this whole thing happen for you? Like uh, the interest and involvement in politics. So interest and involvement in politics, really, uh, the reason why is all because of my kids. Mm-hmm. I have two kids that have handicaps. They're both on the autism spectrum. And I learned early on when they were small, after you receive diagnosis, that one, you have to see past the label, and two, they're going to need a lot of advocacy. And mm-hmm. so in advocating for my kids, I got involved in school. That brought me to school board politics. And the I then became the president of the Quebec English School Boards Association. And from there, it grew into, hey, are you interested in being an M&A? <laughs> and I never dreamed of being a politician. You know, it, uh, I, was, I had my own marketing communications company and I loved it. So this was a big, big change for me. So getting into the National Assembly was also a learning experience. It was very different as, you know, 2018 happened. I had the good fortune of being reelected and I had to learn everything about parliamentary procedure. But the good thing about being in the opposition is it's a terrific school. Yeah. Because each MA gets assigned dossiers and then you feel like you're a minister because you're responsible for your dossiers and so you want to master your dossiers and you want to come up with proposals. But I, I learned all kinds of things like how it functions for debate, for voting, how you put forward amendments. And I've done one whole turn around the sun from debating bills, depositing bills, depositing private member bills to depositing petitions. I've deposited five mandate initiatives, all in support of people with handicaps or autism that the government voted against. I have, uh, I've really, I think, done absolutely everything there is to do as a parliamentarian. So I feel very ready to be a minister (laughs) because uh, I've been around the block now, Um, but I've absolutely loved my experience. And that's just in the parliament that it's not even the yeah, tip of the iceberg the, the for what riding. you do in the riding. Right. What were your expectations going in and uh, what you saw, actually? So my expectation was that I would probably have more home life balance. That's kind of what they, they tell you, right, mm-hmm. when they're recruiting you, is you're going to have all this time. Uh, you're in Quebec three days a week, and then the rest of the time you sort of manage. So that's not exactly <laughs> accurate. <laughs> 
it's a, it's a seven day a week job. Um, and I, I found it to be, and I still find it to be an infinitely more difficult, I think, than what people realize. I love my writing and I love community service and advocacy and working to help people. So I invest myself 100%. Um, but that it takes me away from my family a lot. So I get up, unlike many of my colleagues who will leave on a Monday night, for example, to go to Quebec, I'm going to get up at... 3.34 in the morning on a Tuesday and drive out early in the morning to arrive in Quebec in time for commissions mm -hmm. and come home late on Thursday night. So I, I'm more tired, I think, than I was expecting, but that's just because my life is is a bit different. See, people people don't realize that, right? Like, I mean, they just flip on the channel. They look at question periods mostly. I mean, mm -hmm. nobody really spends time watching the work done in committees. Uh, and they think, okay, that's what you do. You're there. But it, the in-between and the backstage of all that is just a whole other story, right? I mean, the back and forth, the fact that you're in Montreal and you got to be in Quebec City, that mm -hmm. you're living off a, uh, you know, suitcase, mm -hmm. uh, it, it has its own challenges. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's unfortunate because I think that people don't really have a good understanding of what we do in the yeah. National Assembly. And I spent a lot of time in this campaign door to dooring, explaining to people that the National Assembly is really two things. It's law and time. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's all it is. It's actually not complicated. If you can simplify it down to those things, the government is 100% in control of the agenda. So it doesn't matter how many bills anybody deposits. If they don't want to call it, if they don't want to study it, we won't. Mm -hmm. Once you decide what bill you're going to debate, you go into commission and then you debate it and you do everything you can to make sure that that bill is improved if you're in the opposition because the government's going to adopt it anyway and that's where the element of time comes in because if you have less MNAs, you have less time in commission you have less of an opportunity to advocate and to be the voice of your constituents mm -hmm. or your citizens whether it's for your dossier or for anything else so it's important that people understand the inner workings and that's why when we say you know our democracy right now is at risk because the current government has so many seats but that's what we mean because there won't be anybody to you know raise their hand to say this is not okay mm -hmm. this is not what the population wants and so we need to find a way to work beyond it to stop it to amend it uh, I want to I want to bounce right off what you said, right? I mean, the fact that they have that many MNAs, and given the polls now, they might end up with more. Of course, anything could happen. I mean, we've all seen things dramatically change from the beginning to the end of a campaign. But at the same time, I mean, they're there without many seats because people elected, people chose that result, right? So, wow. I mean, there must be something that either wasn't looked at or something that perhaps the other parties aren't understand is, is am i am i off here i mean is there something that perhaps the other parties haven't understood that francois legault has which has led him to have that kind of majority in the house so i think that four years ago when it was two things first of all the cac was elected with 37 percent of the popular vote mm -hmm. so you know let's call a spade a spade yeah. let's say it's about 30 percent of the population voted for the cac 70 percent of the population did not so mm -hmm. we need an electoral reform we need to change how we currently vote to make sure that the what the population is seeking in terms of representation is more accurate well that's one thing uh why are there so many seats uh, for the cac i think that you know, the Liberals were in power for quite some time and, you know, let's let's be honest, I think people were looking for a change 
and they weren't necessarily happy with the positions that the Liberals had taken at that time, and so they voted for the other guy. Mm -hmm. Or a lot of the community didn't go out to vote, which had a big impact on our ability to maintain seats. On this election, you know, projections and uh, are one thing, and uh, I understand that they're doing some early polling, but. I don't know. I don't look too much at that because when I'm going out and I'm doing door to door, I find the feeling is very good. It's very positive. People want to have conversations. People are looking for a reason to vote for for me, for example, mm -hmm. uh, in the riding, and they want to better understand what's going on, the why, what happened with some of these things uh, over the past two years. COVID was hard. Mm -hmm. It's my first mandate, and I've spent 50% of it at home. Right. You know, it's weird. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it was an exceptional time. So I'm hoping that the population is going to wake up and realize that this is not a government that really represents everyone. This is a government that's saying some pretty awful things about immigration. They've said some pretty uh, spectacularly devastating things when it comes to how we want to represent the population and what we need to do going forward, like when we're talking about how we're going to be addressing labor shortages, the things that we want to do with healthcare, daycare. And, you know, language for them is always going to be a debate because it's a good distraction mm -hmm. when we should be talking about other things like the economy, like what we're going to be doing to help families get back to work, be gainfully employed, contribute to society, help people that are vulnerable. Uh, you know, I can't explain the positions that they've taken. We're going to come back to that whole language debate because I think it's important, especially in the writing that you're uh, that you represent. But mm -hmm. before that, I just want to because I've I've addressed this with all the the, the guests that have come on. Mm -hmm. This campaign has started off on this very strange. Um, we had a very strange start in the campaign, and I, I've done politics for a long time, and we've always seen this kind of competitiveness and you know this sort of aggressivity that seems to come up uh, during the campaign, but it's not more than that, right? It kind of, it, there, there's, there, there's always been like this certain limit, right? This time around, we've seen it, we've seen it take a whole other, you know, we've seen it reach a whole other level where candidates are being stabbed and, mm -hmm. you know, sitting M&As are being threatened and writing offices are being broken into. Mm -hmm. um, and even on social media, the exchanges are, are violent and Vulgar. grotesque. Mm -hmm. How's that for you? And I, I mean, my understanding is that it seems to have kind of quieted down. But how's your campaign going uh, on that with that respect? So I can't say that I've personally received a lot of hate. That hasn't been my experience. I get the difficulties that, that I face are mostly with social media. That's where I think people take liberties that they wouldn't take if it was really in your face. Mm -hmm. yeah. Conversations. It's certainly easier to say things to. Uh, I'm going to have to change that campaign sign. <laughs> it's certainly easier to say things to a screen than to a person. Yeah. Uh, so I, whenever I, I find that to be, um, it's emotional. Yeah. You know, it's emotional because it's hard enough to do this job when you're doing it right. It's a big, big challenge. It takes me away from my family. It's a personal investment. And it's a huge distraction too. Yeah, yeah, and you don't, and you know, when you're scared to leave, mm. I'm scared that somebody's gonna know where I live. Yeah. I'm scared that somebody's going to hurt my kids and my kids won't understand uh, what's going on. They're mm. very vulnerable. It makes me very, very worried. And that's not what I should be focusing on. And 
I feel sad that if you don't disagree, if you won't disagree with me, that's fine. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Let's have a debate. And if I can't convince you and we're, that's what democracy is and that's why I put my face on a sign. But I think we need to find another way to have constructive and open conversations because it's... Um, it is the demise of democracy when less and less people are involved and wanting to get involved because they're scared. But that's, and the other strange thing is that you do this job to be close to the people. That's really yeah. the reason everyone does it. Yeah. You know, regardless of the party that you're running with, obviously you disagree ideologically, but fundamentally you're doing it because you care and you want to contribute to the, mm -hmm. to the society in your own way, whether you yeah. believe in one thing or another, yeah. and you want to have that access to the people. You yeah. want that accessibility to be there. Mm -hmm. You want to have that exchange because ultimately that's what you're there for. You're there to carry the message of the people to the parliament. And if you're, if you're scared all the time to the point where you're staying home because you don't know what threat awaits you, uh, it defeats the whole purpose of actually doing politics. Exactly. No, exactly. And uh, I think that it's also hard. We talk a lot about the MNAs, but I think that we need to be cognizant of the fact that it's also hard on their teams. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult for, uh, like, see, like my campaign sign has been um, defaced. defaced. Completely. Who's and that? Is that Churchill? Uh, I think it's Winston Churchill. Is it? <laughs> I, I don't know. See. I don't know, but uh, it's definitely not me anymore. <laughs> And uh, I find that hard. You know, I find it again. I always used to laugh at these things. See, I don't that I don't mind. Some of them, yes. Yeah. But I've had one of my campaign signs where somebody's taken a knife and sliced it right through my face. Mm, yeah. And I go and I change them myself mm -hmm. because I don't want my team to see it. Yeah. Because for them, it's demoralizing, right. and then they become worried, and then they're worried about me. Yeah. And it becomes this whole big thing when you know what? It's 33 days, 35 days. We've got signs out. It's meant to grow awareness of the democratic process mm -hmm. and why it's so important for you mm -hmm. and for people to be involved and go vote yeah. it's a lot of voter apathy it's not meant to i think cause this kind of negative conversation and that's it's really unfortunate tell me uh, tell me a little bit about your writing i have the best writing in the province of everyone Quebec. has the best no writing. no no but, but for me it's true yeah. Of the 125 ridings, Westmount St. Louis has got everything except for agriculture and fishing. That's we have right. the wealthiest city in Canada with Westmount. And we also have 50% of all the homelessness in Quebec. We uh, have the Cabot Square, where most people have spoken and heard about Cabot Square. We've also got Milton Park. Mm -hmm. So we also have a very high rate, I think the highest in the province of people from First Nations, Métis, Inuit community that also find themselves in situations of homelessness. Mm. So we have very distinct issues. We have, I believe, the highest number of universities. We have ETS, we have McGill, we have Concordia, we have half the campus of UCAM. HSC is building a new campus here downtown. We have two CEGEPs, we have a multitude of private schools. The one thing that we don't have is enough public schools. And that's because it's downtown Montreal, so we're also the Matar Economic for the whole province of Quebec. So as you can see when you're looking around, we have a multitude of businesses, head offices. This is where people come to. We are a destination location for Quebecers. And so I'm very, very proud of the writing. It's spectacular. Um, we, but we have families that are moving in now, and mm -hmm. so we need to start meeting their needs. We have the Quartier des de Spectacles. We have Chinatown. 
we have the mountain, so we have Mont Royal, we have some of the plateau, we have a little bit of old Montreal, so we really have a very, very diverse riding. Basically all riding. the attractions people come here for, they're in your riding. That's, you, think, uh, you mean people don't come here to see me? <laughs> Aside from you, of course. Uh, yes, you know, it's. Uh, I think that it makes it very, very interesting in terms of the dynamic and the exchanges that we have with people here because uh, it is a destination location. Yeah. It really, really is, but it does make for a spectacular mixité sociale because mm -hmm. we have a lot of international students and we have a lot of local students because that of the economic and uh, educational profile of the riding. So uh, I feel very lucky to be the MNA here. I want to talk to you um, about Bill 96 uh, specifically. You are among the few um, Anglophones sitting in the National Assembly. I think there should be more. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think there have been more. I think with the years, there's more and more, yes, which is good. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about that because uh, it seems ever since they, they, they tabled that bill, um, there's been a buzz. But now, of course, the bill passed. Uh, there's an election. We see somehow the tectonic plates that have shifted completely. You have two whole new parties that were created specifically to, 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 to mobilize and, uh, the electorate and to challenge uh, Premier Legault. You're in a riding that you know, has a lot of English-speaking uh, electors. Um, tell me a little bit about that bill because there's been this sentiment that the Liberal Party may have ignored the English-speaking community coming you know, from the ground. Mm -hmm. So Bill 96 was the... I mean, it's supposed to be the bill that promotes and protects the French language, but it's going to do anything but that. It's a bill that's meant to divide Quebecers across the province, divide us linguistically, divide us across economic profiles. It's not going to accomplish its goal, and we need to end the division of Bill 96. If we want to protect the French language, we need to do it in a way that's constructive, and this is certainly not it, and that's why we've committed to making all the changes that are required as it pertains to Bill 96. And that means that our version of repeal, because I know a lot of people, like especially the new parties are saying, we're gonna repeal Bill 96. So I wanna make it clear, because I don't think that the population understands that in order to repeal Bill 96, you must elect a new government. And that means you must elect a number of seats because the government controls the house, I could deposit all the bills you like and say I'm going to repeal the bill, but if I'm not in the house and I'm not in majority, it will never happen. Mm -hmm. Bill 96 needs to change, but it impacts 20, 28 other bills. And so new legislation needs to be deposited because there's some, you know what, like giving access to free French courses to all Quebecers is a good thing. Um, but asking immigrants to learn French in six months is ridiculous, saying to our youth that you're not going to be able to choose what Sejap you go to is ridiculous. And yes, you know, I think we need to address it. We made a mistake in commission when it came to that bill. Uh, we unfortunately deposited a sub-amendment that had an impact on the Anglophone community. We didn't consult the community. It was not a caucus decision. These were people that were in commission at the time, having a debate and in good faith, they thought that they were doing something that was going to give opportunities to the Anglophone community by giving them access to French classes. It wasn't meant in a negative way. Oh, well, <laughs> so Siri would like to contribute. Uh, that being said, we've done everything we could to fix it. And, uh, you know, the two MNAs in question who deposited uh, the sub-amendments 
I don't know if you've noticed, but they're not candidates for mm-hmm. us in this election. You know, politicians are human beings and we make mistakes and they have paid very dearly for the mistakes that they've made. The sub-amendments were ones that are um, personally damaging to me, for example. Uh, so I'm 100% opposed to them because with kids that have special needs and you want them to be able to get into CEJAP and to graduate CEJAP, those amendments make it so that my kids will never be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I find it uh, very personally difficult. Uh, that being said, yeah. we need to fix it. We need to fix it. And yes, we need to have more anglophones that are there. We need to work together to protect the French language. But application of Bill 96 is just not going to happen the way the government thinks. There's already been legal contestations. There's uh, people that have deposited. Um, they, they've asked for injunctions. Stays have been granted. My understanding is that there's a lot more coming. Julius Gray has come out against it. The economic community is coming out against it. The SEJAPs are going to be coming out against it because they simply can't apply it. It was meant for us, for you and me to be together in your car talking about Bill 96 instead of talking about education, instead of talking about economy, instead of talking about family issues, family law, things that we know our, our province desperately needs. Do you think that there's still trust in the Liberal Party uh, in the English community? There's a poll that was uh, that was dropped, uh, I think, uh, during the weekend or right before the weekend, and I know, I know, and I know the line, right? I mean, we're not commenting polls. It's just a, uh, it's just one little image of a particular point in time. Mm-hmm. But the, the the amazing thing about this poll was that, and for the first time, I've never seen this, that on the island of Montreal, it seems, and if we take into consideration the you know the margin of error. It's almost a three-way race. I mean, we're talking about the you know the Liberals at 28, CAC at 24, and Quebec Solidaire at 19. Uh, this has never happened before. I mean, Montreal, especially the region of Montreal, used to be the base, right, of support for the Liberal yeah. Party. Um, I don't know if you know the whole thing about Bill 96 has anything to do with that, but um, yeah, where, where do you think the level of trust is? You know, I think that in any in any election voters have choices and that's a good thing and active politics is also a good thing i want people to have have faith in the liberal party of quebec we're in the midst of a renewal and renewal is hard and in order to be able to put forward ideas and represent our community it needs to be grassroots so we need to grow our membership people that feel that maybe the party doesn't represent who they are i often encourage them join you know it's five dollars to be a member join be the change that you want to see in your party because that's really how we're going to evolve. It's together. I have a really fancy title as an MA and I'm very grateful for it. But at the end of the day, if I don't have a whole community behind me that's, that trusts me and that's pushing me forward and is telling me what they want to see, I am nothing but somebody with a fancy title. Mm-hmm. And so we need the community to get involved. We are in the midst of a renewal. I want to change that for people. I'm very... I'm very, very, very invested in my community and I want people to see in me and in my colleagues and in the people that are running that we also want to be that voice. It's not an easy thing because the Liberal Party is the only party that's trying to bridge a divide between Anglophones and Francophones and so our conversations are always going to be tough Mm -hmm. versus the new fringe parties that are one issue parties Mm -hmm. that's all they are and it makes me sad because as, as a member of the Anglophone community apart from you know, being the incumbent and having had the experience of being in an MNA for four years, 
I joined the Liberal Party as a member of the Anglophone community because I firmly believe that what I want to be is inside the big tent with everybody. And that means I'm sitting around a table, I'm having debates with people, I'm sitting and having supper and breaking bread with somebody that maybe I don't like very much. But you know what? At least we're all together under the tent. That's what being a family is. Mm -hmm. We don't love everybody in our families, but we respect them and we take care of them and we're there for them. And that's what I love about my community. I don't want to be the person out in the parking lot jumping up going, me too, me too, and nobody hears me. So what I would have liked to see is everybody coming together because collectively our voice is stronger. But that means that, you know what, we're going to have to debate and you're not always going to win your point. And that's what working together and finding concessions and collaborating means. And I, I want to see that and I know that that's where the party wants to go. So anybody that wants to have that conversation with me, I do it. I stop at all my doors. I have conversations. I'm doing coffee and conversation. I'm doing meet and greets because I think that people need to have more accessibility to who we are so that they can better understand where we're coming. So polls are one thing and I think they're important. So I'm not going to say, oh, I don't look at the polls. I think they're important because I think that as elected representatives or as candidates, we need to be aware of what the sentiment is on the ground mm -hmm. so that we can do a better job of representing people's interests. Uh, tell me a little bit in an eventual uh, next mandate, uh, the priorities, what are you going to focus on? Hopefully you'll have a whole mandate that won't be taken up by one issue. Obviously it was an important <laughs> issue, right? The, 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 the health yeah. emergency, yeah. but it took up like a good two, two and a half years of your of that first mandate. It'll still be there. Uh, and for sure it'll always kind of, you know, hover uh, around. Uh, but hoping that you'll have a normal next mandate, um, what are the priorities? What, what do we want to so, do? So like our national priorities or local yours, priorities yours, for me? Yeah. So local priorities for me in the writing, I've got many, but I've tried to identify them into four because I've got, as I mentioned earlier, such distinct elements of Westmount St. Louis. One of the things that we desperately need is more access to local health care. That's a big issue here for a community that's growing. And without the frontline healthcare workers that are there to provide services, this is a big issue. So we need to make sure, and I know it sounds like it's general, but here it's very local. We have a lot of clinics that haven't been able to open because the government hasn't been giving them their authorization. They haven't been giving out permits. So that's a big priority for me here so that our residents and our citizens can have access to local healthcare services. The other thing we desperately need in the riding is a school. Mm. Downtown Montreal is growing. There's a number of families in Peter McGill and Shaughnessy. That's where we are right now. More and more families are installing themselves here, but we have no local public schools. Right. And so that's one of the things I've been advocating for. But beyond just an elementary school, I am a former president of a school board and QESBA. I know the drill. I want to have my high school because six or seven years in an elementary school is going to go like this. Mm -hmm. And then where do they go? Because there are no public high schools here. Mm -hmm. There's one, but it's, uh, it's got no zone. So it's an application only, and it's not for the people that reside right. there. So that, and then I'd like to go beyond that and make sure that we have one center that offers adult and vocational education. We have a high number of refugees and immigrants that come here to the riding, we need a place for them to go and learn French. Mm. We need a place for them to come and understand our culture, to learn a trade so that they can contribute to our community. 
other than that, one of the other major priorities that I have here for the riding beyond abrogating Bill 96, because I think we've talked a lot about that, is to do something positive with the former Hotel Zur hospital site. There's many pavilions. Currently, one of them is being used to offer 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week services for people that find themselves in situations of homelessness to help them get off the streets. Mm -hmm. But we need to do more with these other vacant buildings. And what we need to do is work on a social housing model there. We need to also install a CLS and community service organizations so that we can repurpose them. The CLSC there is something that I'm hoping the community is going to adopt and want to put into place because the installation itself is ready for it. Right. So it's already all set up and we don't have anything like that in that district mm -hmm. now that we've sort of centralized everything at the Shim and the right. Kuzum. So uh, those are my main priorities for the next four years. I was successful in my previous four years in getting a significant amount of funding for First Nation community services here, whether it was Resilience or Projet Autochtone Québec, um, to support a lot of the people in situations of homelessness. I'd like to continue that. I was also successful in securing the funding for the school, which would actually be right here mm -hmm. on your left on the site of the uh, former Saint-Sulpicien because there's a lot of buildings, so it's a way for us to also repurpose what's there, which mm -hmm. is better for the environment, better for climate change. It's just a question of being able to mobilize and bring that project forward that's going to be hugely important for us in this upcoming mandate. Jennifer, I know how, uh, how important time is during the campaign. I don't want to take much of it. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I wish you lots of luck during the campaign. You're halfway, you're halfway done, so uh, yes, you're almost yeah. there. and. Uh, much, much, much success to you going forward. Thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. I do love driving around my riding. So <laughs> it gave me an opportunity to scope out what needs to be changed. And uh, so thank you very much, George. I appreciate the opportunity. It was a lot of fun. And you're a good driver. I didn't get car sick at all. There you go. That's the most important. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Thank you.